Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. All right, all the way from Toronto, Canada, and 14 hours in the past. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome, Mr. Naved Mamini, or as we've been talking just before, uh, how do I say it in the Italian one? Mamini. 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 <laughs> hey, Naved, welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, mate. Great to have you on today. Thanks, Darren. I'm so happy that I'm here. Uh, such an honor and uh, excited. Uh, I told you guys, I woke up like, you know, almost, you know, early in the morning and I couldn't sleep right after that. I'm going, I'm like, I'm going to this podcast. I'm going to speak to Darren. We're going to have some fun, but uh, glad to be and that, here. And that was yesterday, wasn't it? You woke up early yesterday. Could early be yesterday, anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, um, yeah. now look, when we're recording this, this is, um, well, Melbourne time. This is like uh, 9, 9.14, 9.00 p.m at night time on Thursday. So it's uh, early in the morning over there. So greatly appreciate you jumping on so early. I know you've got a full day and a full schedule. So um, let's let's get into it and have a conversation about sales and sales leadership. Let's do that. Let's do awesome. that. So we've been connected a little while on LinkedIn and we've had a, a couple of conversations. Just for our listeners, love to um, love to get you to give a bit of a background on that. Well, I know we might have not a long time, but what's the what's the Reader's Digest version of Navid's story? Because I know there's a bit of a, so- a professional soccer player sort of element to your background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I used to be a pro soccer player. Um, and uh, uh, I was born in, in Iran and I lived there for almost uh, 16, 17 years of my life. Um, and uh, the goal was to be a pro soccer player. So at some point I left Iran, I moved to you know, other countries like Turkey, Dubai, uh, India, um, to play soccer and, you know, to finish, you know, basically my grade, you know, 12. And and then I came to Canada in uh, 2006, yeah. trying to play, you know, for, uh, you know, Toronto FC, you know, a local team that we have here. And back then, 2006 was the first year that we were going to represent Canada and be part of MLS, the only Canadian team playing in MLS. Okay. Uh, long story short, um, you know, because back then I didn't have my, you know, uh, basically U.S. citizenship or passport, green card or anything. I didn't even have my Canadian PR card yet. So it was like a, you know, unfortunately, no, sir, you can't come fly with us. And uh, <clears throat> so I came here and immediately got, you know, on my second day in Canada, you know, got a job, which was moving furniture. And back then I used to weigh 128 pounds. I couldn't even lift a chair. So I don't know who <laughs> gave me that job. <laughs> But then, uh, funny part, I went to school, studying, you know, civil engineering at the beginning. And then after a year, I switched from civil engineering to hotel management at a different school. Everyone's like, what's going on here? Oh, well, hang on. You've gone from engineering to hotel, to hotel management. management. That's like a completely different. Exactly. And then I got a diploma in hotel management, got a degree in business in hospitality and tourism. And then my first job coming out of school was a financial advisor. Then people are like, hold on a second. Hold on, what's going on here? Right? Hang on. So we've gone uh, from professional soccer player that couldn't you couldn't get a, a green card, so you couldn't stay there. Is that yeah. right? 
Well, I couldn't now, play basically fly with the team, you know, to to US or anything. Uh, because you know, 99% of the games were in US, right? So you can't just show up, you know, without having any sort of, you know, proper, you know, card or, you know, PR card or anything like that, you know, to, to go there. And, yeah. you know, my parents, you know, very strict, you know, Iranian family uh, where, you know, they want your son to be either a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. And if you're not one of these three, basically you're a failure. So I remember, you know, when this thing happened, when I changed my major from engineering to hotel management, my dad didn't even talk to me for six months. Uh, wow well, because, and, we'll get, uh, and hold that thought because we're going to get into when you get into sales <laughs> and what did that mean for, for how much time exactly. you to exactly wow. yeah so hotel management so what was it that prompted you to jump into that and move from engineering into hotel management and obviously there's a there's a story behind it because you've ended up yeah. where you are today well since i was a little kid i was always interested in in hotels and hospitalities and you know travel and tourism yep. and, and all that right and I mentioned in my book, How to Become a Sales Master, that at a very young age, I was able to sell a tour of India to more than 30 people around, you know, uh, to friends and, you know, family and neighbors where, you know, everyone, my mom was shocked. Why, you know, all these adults, uh, you know, are willing to give them, you know, your money to go to India, like a tour of India, right? Mm. And one thing, one of these neighbors that we had that used to have a travel agency used to say, kid, uh, uh, you're a... Uh, you might think that you're only good in soccer, but you're a genius in sales. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. So how old were you then when that happened? <laughs> I think it was nine, ten. Nine or ten, and you've yeah. sold tours to India to adults. Yeah. Wow. And uh so that's how it started. But obviously, still goal number one soccer, practicing, mm. you know, seven, eight hours a day. Like yeah. Like, you know, playing in different clubs and, you know, your goal is just to, to get there, right? And then, you know, like from here, from engineering, when I decided, say, you know what, I'm not going to follow what my parents want me to follow. I switched to hospitality and tourism. And I think what, what the greatest thing that I learned from hospitality and tourism was, you know, how to work with people, right? Yeah. With different type of personalities. So... But when I came out, I said, okay, my financial condition was awful. I, I owed money to the government because of I use, you know, OSAP, you know, so we have to pay the money back. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, I, I was kind of like, you know, how do I make money? So I did some research and I saw all the amazing people in the hospitality and tourism industry. 99% uh, of them, unfortunately, don't make that good money, right? And uh, they do it out of passion. They do it out of love. And it wasn't like I wasn't passionate or I was, you know, I was not loving the industry, you know, till this time is still in contact with so many of those, you know, uh, uh, ex-classmates, uh, ex-professors. Yeah. Um, but then I said, what is one industry that I can make this money faster and try to, you know, to pay my debts faster? And it was sales, right? And I remember when I got my first sales job as a financial advisor, uh, you know, many people are kind of questioning at me for a couple of reasons. Number one, you don't have a financial background. Number two, uh, English is not even your first language. And how the hell are you planning to go and buy, sell people mutual funds, bond stocks, life insurance, disability insurance, mortgage, and all that? Yeah. And uh, not only I crushed my numbers, but then, you know, that was a time that I got the, the second offer, which was, you know, 
the real stuff, basically, not the financial industry sales wasn't real, but basically SaaS and technology. Mm-hmm. And again, it was the same thing, you know, uh, like, uh, like, how, like, how are you sure is this is your gig, you know, because again, this is not your first language. And now we are talking about, you know, software stuff, technology stuff. And, you know, uh, my mentor, which till this time is still in contact with Atlanta Palmer. She was the reason she was like, uh, you know, I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care your ethnicity. I don't care if you have an accident or not. I don't care any of that. You're an amazing salesperson and you will make, bring lots of money to this company. And, you know, she gave me that opportunity and it happened. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, there was like going up, you know. So how long How long did you spend in, in the financial services industry selling mutual funds One and year. bonds before you moved to SWIFT? Okay. And One so did she, did she actually find you or did you find her? So how did you make the transition from, from financial services into SaaS? Um, I've, I found her. I got a message from one of the recruiters on LinkedIn. Okay. You know how it works. Yeah. I found them and, you know, uh, did the research and honestly, not going to lie. One of those really, really tough sales environments, like one of those environments where, you know, if you're doing your job, good. If you're not doing your job, you know, immediately, no opportunity, yeah. you know, goodbye. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, got the opportunity to meet so many amazing people and got the opportunity to actually start, you know, learning sales also at the different levels. So that organization, they were very kind. They put me in two, three different professional trainings, right? Uh, Where, you know, everything that I knew naturally, that was time, you know, to put them, you know, in, you know, in basically a real, real learning. Yeah. And then be like, oh, okay, this is what you mean when you say handling objections. Oh, okay, this is what you mean when you say cold client. This is what you mean when you say doing discovery. This is what you mean when you say doing your demos, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been like this, you know, since then that I always tell people, every company that you go to work for, don't go with the idea of, okay, what's my quota, you know, this and that. You have to go with the idea of, doing something that nobody has ever done in the history of that company, right? So when we talk about building your brand, and especially here, the sales industry is a very you know small industry. Everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. But be that person that you're building your brand in every company that you work for. So mm-hmm. that has always been one of my you know last questions in my last interview when they say anything else before they make final decision. I just say, what is one thing? That nobody has ever done in the history of this company then they say well one thing is you know nobody has ever closed this or nobody has been able to manage a team who can do this and then i put that as my you know focus number one and i go for that why because i know once i hit that then a you know i did something that nobody ever could but b that's uh, how you build a brand for yourself mm. right yeah. which we will definitely get into that later in this call what i mean by you know building that brand for yourself Absolutely. Absolutely. So you touched on a couple of things there. One, one I want to sort of delve into a little bit and you mentioned your mentor and it sounded like this was a mentor you met early on in your career and you've still got a, you've still got, I guess, a relationship with her today. Close relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So for those listening and I, and I bang on all the time, whether it be on this podcast or yeah. you know, in trainings or on coaching, of the importance of surrounding yourself with great people and finding yourself a mentor who will not only test you, challenge you, but be there to support you and, and hopefully 
show you the way where in a lot of cases, their long path becomes your shortcut. Absolutely. So if you reflect back on, and I know, this is an obvious question, I know, but I, I want you to, I guess, process this and give me your perspective. I believe that the importance of mentors can never be underestimated. And if we don't have a coach, a mentor, or somebody who can guide us and we can confide in, then it's going to take a lot longer for us to achieve quote unquote success. Right. Yeah. So if you're, if you're talking, I know you will talk about sales guru as well. If you're talking to your clients today, how much emphasis do you place on the importance of sales mentors and how instrumental has yours been in your career? I mean, great question. You know, like right now I have lots of mentees, right? Mm. And uh, so many of them, they think that, you know, because oh, you, are the, you are the sales guru. Yeah. <laughs> so many of them now, they think because I published, a, you know, a book that is, I don't know, not top selling on Amazon in three categories. They think, you know, I'm at that level of, you know, I don't need to learn anymore and all that. And I tell them, you know, when people say, oh, so you're an expert. And I say, I'm not a fan of that word. They say, why? I say, because when you call yourself expert, that's the time you stop learning, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know what, Darren? It's been so, so, so lucky. So lucky that I had, you know, uh, everyone in the first two, three pages that I gave them sh- shut out. Some of them, they were, these are the people that they see you in the middle of a, like, let's say class of 40 people, 50 people. And, they say, you know, that kid is different, right? But at the same time, they would give you a hard time Mm. because they know you are different. So at the same time, they try to keep pushing you. So I had a few of those professors when I was at school. We till this time, I'm still in contact with them. Joanne Gladly, Sandy Bebeck. When it comes to Elena Palmer, learned so much from her in sales. Mm. Uh, Milos, uh, another which is he's now actually one of my really close friends, uh, Krasimov Monovic. I think I just butchered his last name. Uh, another guy who actually taught me, you know, how to be an honest salesperson, right? Yeah. Like nothing like, hey, you know what? We don't do Wolf of Wall Street shit here. We don't do any of those stuff here, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, I, I tell people and, you know, I started, you know, working with these guys and then, um the person that I gave him one page shout out dedication was Keenan, the author of Gap Selling. And like, I have so much respect for him. And like, I told him, you know, brother, you know, you are, uh, to me, you're my, you know, number one guy. Right. And I hope, you know, one day, you know, to be at the same level as you are. Right. And that's, I think it's very important to uh, appreciate, you know, your mentors, but also to have a thick skin. So I still till this day, I have sometimes my mentors, they grill me. Right. So it's all about, you know, how can you get better and better and better every day? Right. And when you have these mentors, you have to cherish them and you have to learn from each one of them. You're dealing with different type of personalities. Right. And, you know, I used to work with this gentleman, like uh, when I was at the American Express head office with the name of John Bueller, uh, who uh, a great philanthropist, like a big name in the city of Winnipeg here in Canada such a giving human being, right? And I learned a lot from him by knowing that no matter, you know, at le- what level you are, no matter if you have 400, 500 million dollars in your bank account, uh, well, I think he had more, but, you know, just, you know, the fact to be, to be giving, right? But, you know, when today, when I talk to 
I have so many startup founders, co-founders, they come to me, right? That's one of the first questions I ask them. They come to me, they want my help, you know, with their sales department. How can we start from scratch? How can we attract more business, you know, more customers to our, uh, to our business? I always ask them if they have a mentor, right? And who's that mentor? Or if they have an advisor, right? Mm-hmm. Who's that advisor? And that's also very important. You know, at one time, I remember one time, this is actually funny because this is like, you know, at the beginning when I reached out to Keenan and back then when I reached out to Keenan, you know, it was like, I wanted him to be an advisor for my company, right? And he was very, very straight, you know, person. And it was like, uh, Navid, at the end of the day, if you and I end up working together, if I come on board as an advisor or not, I just want you to know something, brother. I'm like, what is it? It was like, an advisor should bring one of the three W's. I'm like, okay. It was like wealth, work, wisdom, right? They have to make sure to bring one of these three W's. Otherwise, you know, that's not the right advisor, right? So I have the same message. You know, when people reach out to me, currently I'm an advisor for eight startups. And, you know, I tell them, you know, if I come on board, I have to bring one of these, you know, three W's, which, you know, mostly now is wealth. So work and, and well, mostly is wisdom. And then when some of them is work, right? But uh, so many people, unfortunately, they get to that level, especially for salespeople, they become quota hitters, quota crushers, the moment you say part of President's Club or Moose Club, then they're done, right? The ego is up here. I don't need to learn anymore. I'm the best right now. Now let me go actually on Instagram and post pictures of, I don't know, my commission and the car that I just got, this and that. Yeah. And yeah. it's temporary. After a couple months, a couple years, they that. <laughs> I, I just thought it was the people who were number one club and president's club and all that sort of stuff. I, I thought it was just in Australia. They sort of rest on their laurels. And, <laughs> does that happen over there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have president's club, ah. moose club, killing it club. And, Isn't you know, it interesting? It's well, it's fantastic, right? Because, you know, you, you give you give people incentives and, and extrinsic motivations like that are, are fantastic. But it's really interesting what you say, that when people reach that, there are so many that, and I call them almost the one-year wonders. They'll they'll work their butts off, have a year out of the box, but they can't back it up. Exactly. And so these are the ones also, and you mentioned ego there. These are the ones also, I'll be interested in your perspective here. A lot of the ones that I've dealt with over my career, they're the ones that actually will tell you and have no issue telling you, mate, there's nothing you can teach me. I know it all. I've been there. I've done that. I'm up top of my game. And yeah. as soon as I hear that, they're not open to learning. They certainly don't have a mentor. They're not open to further development. And what tends to happen is their performance starts to plateau, but very quickly it falls off a cliff. Yeah. Then they turn around and wonder what the hell happened. Yeah, so many of them. And unfortunately, some of them, they get to the level. Unfortunately, they have to deal with depression. Yes. It affects their personal life. Why? Because you're on top of the game. You're on top of the board. Everyone, yeah. every morning, they see it in the organization you're on top of the board. Yeah. Right. They take you on these amazing trips. They send you, you know, to all these fancy trips. And then out of nowhere, holy shit, someone else come and took it. Right. And I one time one of my reps said, end of the year, last day, was like, now do you see that name on top of that? I'm like, holy moly, man, is that you? And he was like, Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing, right? He was like, Yeah. I said, Do you mind if I ask uh what about last year? It was like last year, it was someone else, but a year before it was me again. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but the year before that, 
it was like, well, you know, well, dad, you had to deal with this and that. Yeah, it was someone else. I'm like, yeah. Did you see the trend? And it was like, yeah. I said, you know, what's 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 what separates the best versus the average? And it was like, well, it's a consistency. That's it. And you're missing it. And you know, yeah. at some point, it's not even about consistency anymore. At some point, it's about domination. And that's my message to my top AEs today that I want you to dominate. I don't want yeah. you to come yeah. for one month to be a quarter hitter, one quarter or one year. I want you to dominate every year. And that's how in my book, How to Become a Sales Master, I use the example of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. Even though I'm a diehard Barcelona fan and Messi fan, uh, and not with all the respect to all the Ronaldo fans, but I don't really like him because of, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, you know, the rivalry <laughs> that we have. But I have so much respect for him as the most hardworking athlete I've ever seen in my entire life, right? Yeah. A guy that who has won four or five ball doors by now, his money, you know, he's up there making it. Still, the first person showing up at the practice two hours earlier than anyone else, the last person leaving the practice one hour to two hours after everyone left. Yeah. When, what does it tell you? That the guy is not there anymore for the money or for any of this stuff. It's all about how can he be, become that person that dominates, mm. you know, the that, you know, in the soccer industry or history, right? Yeah. So same yeah. thing with salespeople. The worst enemy, you know, could be that enemy within because that's the time that the person says, you don't need to do any prospecting today. Why? Because you already, you're already a top performer. You don't need to make any cold calls. Why? You're already a top performer. You know, this, you know, demo call that you have tomorrow morning, it's not that important. So you can go out tonight with your buddies have a couple of drinks and all that, show up, you know, with hangover, headache, and do the call and all that. When you get to that, those bad habits, because I'm saying this because it happened to me. You know, at some point I was dominating and I'm like, holy moly, like I'm a hottest shit out there. Like I have like, you know, like, <laughs> Just I have, ask like me. yeah, I'm like, I have the recruiters messaging me back and forth. I'm like, you know, what else can I do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, until some of my mentors, they humble me down. Right. They kind well, of, absolutely and that's why mentors are so important because how often can we suffer from a level of complacency where we might hit a level but what a mentor is there to do is say yeah you're doing really well but there's another level to get to don't be satisfied with where you're at because the moment you get satisfied you get complacent and that's when you drop the ball and so you mentioned you mentioned Messi and others Ronaldo and, and and you know there's there's so many great performers they're doing the work when nobody's watching and exactly in order to dominate, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent with your thinking. You've got to be consistent with your method. You've got to be consistent with your diet, recovery, <laughs> everything. So if you're not consistent, there is no way you can be dominant. And, and this is why consistency for a lot of people, and I, I say it all the time, that consistency, when you hear the word, it's not a sexy word, right? And imagine, no, imagine you know, at the end of your life and you've got your epitaph and people are looking at it and says, as an example, here lies... Navid, he was known as Mr. Consistency, right? Right. And you think, right. wow, that's not really sexy. I want something a little bit more expressive and a little bit more grand and more right. bold. But here's the thing, and you know this, and you, you share this through this story, is that consistency over time will actually lead to uh, a level of competence that is almost impossible to beat. Exactly. It compounds. Exactly, Yeah. And you know that when we talk about consistency, there are other things behind it. But yeah. one of the most important elements is discipline. 
Another yeah. great yeah. word that starts with D that I love it. Discipline, right? And it's so important for so many people, as you said, there are some of these top performers in every company. I swear to God, like when you go and sit down with them, you know, when you say, you know, they do a work when no one is watching, those are the people that some of them are already working on their Saturdays and Sundays, doing all of their preps. Yeah. So when it's Monday, when they come to work, they know exactly what they are doing from Monday, 8 a.m. all the way to Friday, 6 p.m. Yeah. And those are the people when, when they start, like, let's say if they are prospecting, like my top performer already knows the 50 people that he has to call on Monday. Yeah. Right. And he has already done his homework. And some people are like, come on, are you working on a Sunday? You want to be the best? <clears throat> you got to do things that, you know, other people, your competitors are not doing. Just, you know, that discipline. And it's a great you know, point. Continuing doing that, right? Yeah. Not yeah. for a day or two. As soon as you see some results, you stop, right? So th these are the things, you know, consistency, discipline. And just, yeah. you know, you got to ask yourself, you know, what's, what's, your, what's your why that you're in that company? So many people, they just show up in the morning, wake up. Oh, I'm just going because if it's Monday, Monday, nine to, you know, not nine to five, Monday to Friday, I get the paycheck. I get some commission. But so many people, they know their why. They have written their why. It's right in front of them in the wall. They look at it every day. That's their why is, you know, they want to be the best in that company. Their why is they want to hit certain level of, you know, uh, commission. Their why yeah. is, you know, they want to become that, you know, next, uh, sales manager, director, VP of sales, right? So whatever your why is, you have to be clear about that. And once you do it like that, then you realize, holy shit, there is a lot that I have to do in order to get there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they also know that there's a, a completely different level to get to and they're never, ever satisfied. Because I know that, and this is this is the thing, this is the, this is what gets me, whether it be uh, whether it be great performers in the media, in sport and in business and certainly in sales, a lot of people look at the top salespeople or the top performance and they think, wow, it must be great to be, I would love to have what he's got. I'd love to be in that position where I'm going across stage, getting the big accolades and the, and the big number one presidential trips and stuff like that, making the million dollars a year, et cetera, et cetera. But what they don't see is the work that's put in behind the scenes, as you've described, it's doing the stuff on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's putting in the extra call. It's doing the extra one or two things each and every day that others are not prepared to do that will compound over time that gives them the opportunity to be in that position. It doesn't right. come by accidents. And this is what's really interesting when I talk to a lot of salespeople, they think, oh, I'd love to be like that. How do I, what's the secret source? What's the secret technique? What's the words that I have to use in order to get there or to do that or to get customers falling over themselves to come and do business with me? Well, there is no such thing as secret sauce. It's called work. It's called consistency. It's called discipline. It's called understanding why you're doing what you're doing and be crystal clear on what you stand for and just do it over and over and over again and get yourself a confidant, get yourself a mentor who can keep you on track, who's going to challenge you to get even better. Because Absolutely. if you don't, well you will at some stage become complacent. Sorry, it's well reality. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I knew that secret sauce. <laughs> well, it's called it's called hard work, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's called hard work. That is so, so true. So I know you've I know you've got a, a book, and we'll talk about that in a second as well. How to become a, um, a sales master. You and I, when we had a chat a few weeks ago, we're talking about um, social selling, and and this is one of the, I guess the and I and I had a conversation with. Um, 
Jamie Shanks not long ago about this and phenomenal guy. Um, and I think you're connected with him as well. But we were talking about how you can use social in an authentic way. And if you think about modern sales, I mean, things like LinkedIn and, and probably in the B2C space, things like Instagram and stuff are great avenues to actually use as part of your sales DNA. But there's a lot of gurus out there that profess to be people who they are really not. And you're sitting there smiling and laughing and thinking. <laughs> and maybe this turns into a conversation on the on the personal brand. But from a from your perspective, um, when you look at the social media scene, um, how do you how do you how do you see it? How do you distinguish between using it authentically, aligning yourself with people who have authenticity? And the ones that are just buying heaps of followers to look good. Well, first of first of all, you have to ask yourself what type of salesperson you are. Yeah. Right. If you're one of those salespeople that you know you're a fan of, you know, like these Hollywood movies, and you want to make that much money in a short period of time, then you know who you need to follow. You know, um, if you're one of those salespeople that you're in it to actually help people help your, you know, customers, mm. help, you know, companies, organizations, uh, then, you know, you know, the people that you need to follow out there. And in my opinion, I would say there are, you know, with all the respect to all my colleagues in this sales industry, yeah. uh, but in my opinion, there are three or four of them now that, you know, I would say that these guys, they know, you know, what they are doing. Right. Mm. And some of them, they have been doing it for many years where, I had another one of these stupid, you know, social influencers that said, yeah, maybe it's time to not to listen to these guys because they're old or they're, you know, now over age of, I don't know, 60 or something. The methods are outdated. And you just look and you just shake your hand, right? You got head and you're like, seriously. Uh, but the worst is I always, you know, tell people that be careful when you follow some of these social influencers who have like you know millions of followers on instagram pictures with the luxury cars and all these things don't get me wrong there is nothing wrong if you're one of those people you want to put your you know personal life and everything out there good for you right but at least if you are telling people to buy your courses right paying three thousand four thousand five thousand dollars to buy your courses or to travel to us to come and visit you for three days training at least, for God's sake, just, you know, deliver this much value to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I've met so many of those people who actually lost their jobs thanks to listening to those tip, tips and advice from those people. And, uh, you know, and yeah, trust me, those type of businesses will, wouldn't last long. Mm. Uh, and then <clears throat> they're like, you know, the reason, like I told you, I give one page education in my book to Keenan. Uh, it's just not because, you know, Keenan is my, you know, like family member or best friend or anything, you know, like it's, it has nothing to do with that. Because, you know, like since day one that I've been in contact with the guy, he has been very straight with me, uh, an amazing mentor, an amazing, uh, you know, human being. Uh, he wrote a book that I think, you know, his book Gap Selling is the best sales book out there, right? Uh, the best sales we have ever read. But one thing that I really like about him is, is authentic. He's, mm. he's basically natural. He's, 
he doesn't have any any filters, you know, and he would tell you, you know, how it is, right? And when you look at him, I, I don't know, I think he has like a couple thousand, two, three thousand or something like followers on Instagram. Yeah. But this guy has number one sales book in the world. And then you're like, yeah. how is that yeah. possible, right? Or, you know, you and I, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, same goes with John Barrows, another amazing yeah. guy, an amazing human being, a uh, person who knows sales, right? And same thing for him. I think Instagram and all that, he has a couple thousand followers. But in LinkedIn, I think, I don't know, over 200 or 300,000. So it's very important to follow the right people. Yeah. And also sometimes to make sure that, you know, you give a shout out to these people that, you know, so many people are like, yeah, they post contests every day to promote their business and all that. And I say, well, sure, but they're providing value every day, you know, yeah. to sales people almost for free, you know? So it's yeah. good, you know, yeah. to be humble, to appreciate that and to, you know, to also learn, you know, that's the part that I say we have to learn, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The worst is when you're awful at what you do and then you decide to pass that energy, you know, to other people out there. And then what happens is someone else says, oh, you know what, mom, dad, I want to become a, a sales social influencer. And I'm going to do the same like this guy. And I'm going to buy this many followers, this and that. And then I'm going to, like I, like, like I told you this, I interviewed someone a couple months ago. And this kid was very honest with me. And I loved it. And he said, I said, your last show, he says only eight months. He was like, yeah, unfortunately, I got let go. Not that many people say that. I'm like, oh, wow, sorry to hear that. Why did it yeah. happen? Yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't hit my numbers, but I was working my butt off. So I tried to dig deep. At this point, so many people, they just say, forget about it. The guy just got let go. I'm not going to hire him. Mm. Uh, and then I realized that this person had uh, a mentor that was one of those people. And he purchased, you know, that person's course. And when I asked him, you know, can you show me some of the contents in that course? Like, I think, you know, rest in peace. My grandma passed away like 10 years ago. I think she could have done a better job uh, with no background in sales, putting a content together versus that. Right. Yeah. And imagine people who purchase for it and they, you know, they, they buy it, they listen, they apply those tips, those tips, yeah. in their calls or demos and discoveries and then yeah. at the end they're like oh shit the client didn't sign no shit the client didn't sign funny about if that, that yeah if that client signed i would have said there's something you know wrong with that client right mm. Mm. so it's very important you know to make sure that you know the difference between the good ones and the bad ones and also yeah. you know the people who are you know who are open you know to help you you know because at the end of the day yeah. so many of these people they don't get anything by helping especially the top names, like for me right now, I'm not, you know, in that, you know, crazy level yet, but I get lots of messages every day on LinkedIn on different, you know, platforms uh, to help them. Uh, and I do. Yeah. Obviously, those who can afford, you know, my services, I charge them. And those who can't afford my services, I still help them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, and I'm, I'm really big on, and that, that to me is servant leadership. So looking for opportunities where you can serve and help build momentum for people and not necessarily look at it as a transaction. Exactly. And I think it's a, it's a great principle. And, and, you know, coming back to the, the person who's selling the elixirs or the sales techniques or try this tip or try this technique. And 
I'm, and this is why I like podcasts like this one. It's for free. Right. There's no money that that goes past this, right? Yes, we right. use it as a monetization process because people who listen to the podcast understand what we're talking about, maybe yeah. resonate with me, resonate with you, and say, you know what, I want to know more about this person, and maybe just maybe there's an opportunity down the track to work together, right? But yeah. it's not done for. Hey, let's just talk about me and how good I am, and hopefully you'll actually ring me up and we'll actually do some business, and you'll pay me thousands of oh. dollars, and I'll go and drive us Ferrari. It's not that. It's about we believe in something that's that's pure. We believe in in making sales and giving sales a better name and helping sales leaders drive. And certainly from my perspective, sustainability, which means everything I teach. And I've been doing this for like 20 years in, in, in sales and sales leadership. Everything that I talk about on the podcast, everything that I do in my workshops and everything I do with my clients, I've done. It's not theory. Yeah, I've done this. I know what works and what doesn't work. So I'll yeah. tell you, hey, this is what I want to try. Cool. Just so you know, if you do this, this is what could happen based right. on my experience and based on others' experience that I've worked with or have, right. have been mentored by. So you're right. You're so right. You've got to be really clear on A, what you stand for, what's important to you and who you surround yourself with. So select very, very carefully because it's easy to get sucked in by the shiny thing syndrome. It's like, oh my God, Navid's got this fantastic profile on LinkedIn. He's got this awesome profile on, on Instagram. Look at the car he drives. Every time I see a photo of him, he's looking really sharp. He's got the Versace suits and all that sort of yeah. stuff. I want to be just like him. But you dig a little bit deeper, and that's when you find out whether it's actually real or not. When you actually start to work with them, you think, okay, yeah. it is, and it's they're everywhere. And I know exactly who you're talking about. They are everywhere. And this is one of the reasons why the sales industry doesn't necessarily have such a wonderful name, yeah. but it doesn't need yeah. to be like that, right? Sales is actually the oldest form of, of business. And I reckon it's the ultimate form of service if you do it yeah. well and if you do it authentically and be yourself. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're, you're bringing up so many good points, right? I don't even know which direction to go right now. But, you know, like one of these, you know, you bring up, you know, very good point. You know, being yourself, you know, trying to understand what type of salesperson you are. That's very important, right? Like I remember like when I, one of the things somebody told me, I did a talk, uh, it was like a couple months ago at uh, one of the colleges, right? And they were like, uh, why aren't you wearing a t-shirt? And I'm like, so, you know, I was wearing a, like a dress shirt, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of my mentors actually said that, asked that, I was wearing a you know, dress shirt with a, with a blazer on it, right? Why are you wearing a t-shirt? I'm like, what do you mean? And it was like, well, like uh, I was reading this article, all these successful people, like, you know, Elon Musk, Zuckerberg, they all wear a t-shirt. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that's I'm like, that's another thing that the the brand that I'm trying to build for myself is this, you know. That's it. I can I can never be, you know, I can never be John Barrows. I can never be, you know, uh Keenan. I can never be, you know, uh Jeff Blount. I can't I can never be any of these guys because they all have their own brand if i try to mimic that i would fail so this is my brand right and you know i always tell also sales people that if you see so many times you might see it's always good for you to sit down with the top performers in the team and see what they're doing and all that but mimicking every move that they make maybe it's not your style right maybe you're a relationship builder maybe you're a long wolf maybe you're a Mm. challenging type of salesperson right Mm. so it's about you know understanding you know who you are right like a salesperson what type of sales personality do you have 
and then try to, you know, work on your weaknesses and, you know, and grow and become better and better, you know, versus, you know, like wake up, you know, showing up at work with t-shirt. Why are you wearing a t-shirt? Well, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> wears a t-shirt. What's going on? Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's so, that's so true. And, and I mean, I've lost count of the number of people I've had this conversation with it says they're trying, they're trying to emulate. And as you say, mimic somebody who they think is successful. So they want yeah. to just be like them. So they think, okay, I'll do what they do, but it's a lot deeper than that. You've got to think about, okay, well, who are the models of excellence that you can identify? Yeah. What are the strategies they use? It's not yeah, necessarily exactly. what they wear. It is not <laughs> the um, the turtlenecks they wear or the T-shirts or the car they drive. It's what is yeah. their strategy? How do they think? How do they problem solve? Yeah. That that's what you start modeling. But yeah. at the end of the day, just be you. For God's yeah. sake, have a voice. Be the best you can possibly be because that's that's what's going to resonate with people. And therefore, you don't have to any environment you go into, you don't have to be tend to be anybody other than just be your authentic self. Yeah. yeah. And if people don't resonate with it, that's fine because yeah. we people will. Yeah, and it's and it's stop, you know, saying sorry. Or stop apologizing. Like I was at this, you know, event. Uh, uh, I got Im- invited as a guest speaker. One of my mentees was there, and he was very shy every time someone asked him, "What do you do? What do you do for a living?" Right? And I don't know if you have noticed that. It's like you know, sometimes, and especially you know, those type of calls, salespeople reach out, and immediately the prospect goes, "Is this a cold call? Is this a sales call?" And immediately the salesperson goes, uh, like, I've seen it in the body movement, right? The yeah. gesture of yeah. body is like this. The moment the person, is this a cold call or sales call? The person goes like this. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, yes, sir, it is. Uh, my apologies for that, right? And I tell people that, you know, we don't do that anymore in this industry. No. Like, especially for the best salespeople. I was t- told one of my AEs yesterday. It was like, yeah, the lady says, this is this a sales call? No, ma'am, it's a call that I'm going to deliver value to your business. It's a call that I'm going to get you from point A where you are today to point B where you want to be in the future. Mm. It's a call that I can tell you what I've done for some of your competitors in the industry that you guys are missing right now. So I'm not just a salesperson. I'm an expert in your industry. I'm a consultant in your industry. So we don't call it a sales call. We call it a value call. Just, just like that. We call it a value call. Yeah. And, you know, she was like, wow, since I started saying this, you know, people are like, okay. And now that's your job. Try to understand, you know, your prospect business. Try to actually come out as an expert and tell them something that they didn't already know. Show them something that how you can simplify, you know, area A, B, C, D in their business. Right? Yeah. So when salespeople are like, oh, shit, yeah. Uh, uh, what do you do, Omar? Uh, I work at this company, you know, in the in the sales department. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, man. Why are you shy about being a salesperson? Well, you just you've got to own it. You've got to own it. Call it for what it is. Yeah, I'm a professional problem solver. If you don't want to call yourself a salesperson, because what what is when you think about what is sales? Sales is nothing more at its core. Yeah. Other, it's 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 solving problems. And and this is what people and you know you talk about the old the old sales gurus and the old methodologies from years ago. It's like always be closing when you've got a live prospect. Make sure you're closing them at every opportunity because yeah, they're live. Don't let them go. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no. You've got to make people earn your product, your service. We don't yeah. just work with anybody. 
but we will work with people who qualify to work with us. We're not going to convince yeah. you to work with us. Exactly. Yeah. So don't apologize. Is this a sales call? I'd be saying, yeah, it is, but it's a value call first. I'm not sure whether it'll be a sale at the end of the call or not, but if it is, great. If not, I'm going to add some value that I'm going to leave you with an impression of increase that when you get off the phone, you're going to feel better having had the conversation than before I called. How does that sound? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I used, like at the beginning when I used to do lots of those cold callings and all that, I never forget there was this person I really wanted to work with. And he never, ever gave me the opportunity, right? <clears throat> yep. At the end, like the gatekeeper saying, you know what? He has 10 seconds, right? And this is like, you know, me at the beginning of, you know, my career in sales. And I'm like, listen, John, at the end of this conversation, two things can happen, right? Number one, you give me 10 seconds of your time. And in that 10 seconds, at least I tell you three things that I've done for other companies in your industry, you know, to achieve this, 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 right? My value prop, right? Yeah. If, it, if you're dealing with problems in those areas, great. If not, you can just put it in your pack pocket for the future. It was okay. What's the second thing? I said, the second thing is you and I become best friends. I know you're looking for best friends. I'm looking for best friends. <laughs> and this gentleman is 70s. He was like, has this approach ever worked for you? And I'm like, I don't know. I will know today. It's the first time I'm using it. I will know today. And he just, uh, and he just started laughing. He's like, you know what? Let's schedule a 10 minutes call. Will you stop calling me after that? I said, listen, everyone that I work with up today, right now, 90% of them, they had the same reactions as you did. They were like, yeah. oh, this Navid guy again. But now after six months or a year working with them, they say that was the best decision they ever made. That's it. If you didn't find value in the first five minutes of our conversation, we can end the call right there. How about that? Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know what, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. this is how it goes. And then let me show you as an expert. Not only I'm going to be, you know, a problem solver, but again, as my good friend Keenan always say, I will be a problem finder too, because mm. there are so many times that salespeople, they only rely on what the, you know, the prospect is telling them these problems they have, but it's your job to actually dig deep, trying to understand what's the real, real problem they have underneath there that is hiding that they don't even know they have those That's problems, That's right? It. That's how, we, again, we separate the best salespeople versus the average ones, right? So the, the best one, they always dig deep, try to understand what else can they find down yeah. there, you know? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So um, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I'm, I'm just conscious of time as well because you've got another meeting to get to. Conscious of uh, of that. So let's talk about uh, your book, Amazon bestseller in three categories, I believe. How to become a sales master. Oh, there it is. There master. it is. Let's look at this. Look at this beauty. Look at this so beauty. And you, I had someone. You, you design that yourself. Uh, with this. Uh, Hang on. Is that you wearing there. a t-shirt on the back? Yeah, so I'm wearing a T-shirt. Like you can see, I'm wearing a black T-shirt, right? And that day, you know, I was like, you know what? I, f- I feel like, you know, like uh, my... Elon Musk. One of my mentees made a joke. No, it was like, uh, you kind of look uh, look like one of the, these, you know, um, what do you call it? The, the models, you know, for, you know, <laughs> for the shirts and all that. I'm like, yeah, I wish. Uh, another person actually made a joke. He said, oh, you kind of look like Jake Gyllenhaal. And I'm like... I hope, I hope he doesn't hear this, you know, because, you know, that would be bad for, 
for his career. But uh, so the book took me five years to write it. It's 17 chapters. Uh, chapter one to chapter 11. <clears throat> it's for BDRs, SDRs, account executives, senior account executives, sales executives, where we talk about A to Z of the entire sales process. How to do your prospecting, how to do cold calling, how to handle objections, smoke screens, how to qualify your leads, how to do discovery, how to do your demos, negotiation, how to have a clean pipeline, like all the fun stuff in sales. Everything you need to know, it's there, yep. right? From chapter 11 to chapter 17, that's for sales managers, director of sales, VP of sales, where we talk about how to conduct your one-on-ones, how to conduct your pipeline reviews, how to uh, attract top talents to your company, to your team, how to retain your top talents, uh, you know, how to um, basically build a high-performing team, right? Cool. Like what, what type of manager do you need to be? in order to build a high-performing team. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, this book is not based off uh, nonsense or theories that I heard. This is based on what I've gone through in my sales career. And uh, when people say, oh, you wrote this book, I wrote it. But the idea, the knowledge, everything comes from so many people who impacted, you know, played an important role in my life. Absolutely. Right? So it yeah. comes from Navid Momeni and more than 100 years of experience of, you know, all the people who have helped me, supported me to get to this point. All my mentors, mm -hmm. right? All the people that I used to report to, my direct reports. And um, I owe it to them. It's a, it's a huge, uh, you know, for me, it's a huge accomplishment uh, because I said, you know, I'm going to, the reason it took five years, I said, I'm not going to write a book in six months and give it out because I want to write a book that is one of the best sales books out there. That's yeah. my goal. Uh, and uh, I also made the decision that, you know, give the entire sales of the book to uh, families who were impacted by the war in Ukraine. Uh, so basically the proceed of the book, everything goes to, to those families. Right. Uh, uh, and it's just a tiny help and uh, give back, you know, to those people. Uh, because uh, I have, you know, friends from Ukraine here in Toronto and, you know, I see what they are going through every day, what their parents are going through every day. It's, it's, so I'm it's, like, you know, the least I can do is just, you know, to, to give that helping hand. Brilliant. That is, uh, that is awesome, mate. Really, really well done. And congratulations on the book. It's, uh, I'm going to have so to get much. a copy of it. So it's, uh, it, it's looks like there's, there's a stacks of stacks of value in there for not just sales leaders, but also sales people. Um, hey, as as we wrap up, I want to I want to ask you because you do a lot of work with startups and you're a, you you also run sales guru, so you're a sales coach. You do sales training, so very similar to what I do, albeit in the other side of the world. Um, if you've got because there's going to be people listening to this right now who are either experienced in sales but looking to make a transition into sales leadership or even relatively new to sales right because there's, there's a wide variety of people that listen in the podcast right based on your based on your experience based on um what you've known what you've gone through but also perhaps some of the advice you've been given by your mentors and it's, this is a hard question right because it, it might sound oh this sounds really simple if you are sitting down right now 
with a person and they asked you the, the question, Navid, if there was one thing that you could go back and give yourself advice on that was early in your sales career that would help you even fast track further your development, what would that one thing be? Great question. I would sit down with uh, those you know, top people in the organization uh, and I would ask them for a, for a weekly, monthly, quarterly one-on-ones. No matter what their titles are, I would ask them for those weekly, monthly, quarterly one-on-ones. I never did it. Unfortunately, I only did it with one person where yeah. if I'd done it with those other people for a half an hour, for one hour, once a month, God knows how much value I could have gained if I did that consistently, right? Yeah, yeah. So don't only put your focus on the salesperson, but sometimes you have to focus yourself on what is the CRO is doing yet? You know, what is the, you know, the CIO is doing yet? What, what about the CEO, right? And trying to learn from their experiences, right? Because imagine if you ask, you know, someone else, you know, the same question, you're basically the CRO of your company, right? So that's one thing. And the second thing is try to learn as much as you can. That's another thing that, you know, don't be only, you know, on one thing. Sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I have this, I don't know, I'm reading, reading this book, right? But what else? Like, what else are you doing? I told one of my reps the other day. So what are you doing? And she's like, you know what? I've read this book. I've read that book. I've talked to this person. I've talked to this. Person. And I'm like, so it's time for the new stuff. And she was like, what do you mean with the new stuff? I said, well, what do you, one thing that you're very uncomfortable doing? And she was like, uh, po- posting something on LinkedIn. I'm like, that's a new thing that you need to do. There you go. Right? So keep pushing yourself and stepping yourself out, out of your comfort zone. That's one thing, again, I didn't do back then, right? Mm-hmm. Especially at the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. when, when someone like, you know, yeah, you are doing this stuff, but, you know, one time one of my mentors was like, what don't you like? I'm like, like, honestly, now after years and all that, not a fan of, you know, going through the whole, you know, cold calling stuff and objections and all that. <laughs> and she was like, that's exactly what you need to do every day, right? So you have to step yourself out of your comfort zone every day, right? Yeah. What are the areas? What are your weaknesses? Be honest to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you know your weakness is Salesforce, you don't know how to use Salesforce or you don't know how to build a report in Salesforce or anything, focus on that. If you know your weakness is on social selling, mm-hmm. you don't know how to prospect through LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, then focus on that, right? Mm-hmm. Don't just say, oh yeah, I will do that. But put it in your calendar and hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself committed to that time that that's one hour that I need to learn from, you know, about social selling, mm-hmm. right? Once yeah. you start doing these couple of things, then you immediately see, holy moly, I get that promotion faster. I deserve that promotion compared to other people. Why? Because now I, they can't just say, oh, this person hit the quota. Now we, yeah, he or she can be a manager. No, this person hit the quota. The results was there. The behavior was there. He helped the entire team with, you know, onboarding of this. You know, he's taking, you know, these public speaking classes. He has a great relationship with CRO, CEO. He understands the backbone of our business. These, all of them, you know, different, you know, uh, brownie points would get together and get you to that next level, right? And that's that's how, that's something that I had to learn in a hard way 
you know, and then, you know, be like, okay, but today I always tell my mentees, it's not only one thing that you can do. There are multiple things that you have to do almost daily, weekly, in order to be consistent, in order to dominate, and in order to get, you know, to, to that next level. So to wrap all that up, get really, really comfortable at getting uncomfortable. <laughs> so embrace sure discomfort. So. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Mate, yeah. this has been a phenomenal conversation. Greatly appreciate you jumping on such an early so hour much. of the day in Toronto, Canada. Before we wrap up, where can people get in contact and connect with the great Navid? And where can they buy your book? Perfect. So they go on Amazon, How to Become a Sales Master by Navid Momeni. And that's the easiest place they can get the book. They can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Navid Momeni. They can reach out to me through my company website, Sales Guru Global. Uh, My email is navid.momeni at salesguruglobal.com. And uh, um, please feel free to reach out to me no matter what stage you are in sales if you want to get into the sales industry you're not sure if this is your industry reach out to me i would be more than happy to help if you're one of the sales people that you want to expand and grow your knowledge uh i'm just a simple guy who was you know lots of passion for the industry come to me please i will make sure you know to help you and uh, if you're someone who's struggling with your business as a startup founder co-founder or as a salesperson you're struggling to hit your number uh please come to me I promise you, promise you, I will add this much value, this much to your work. It's awesome. It's awesome, mate. Fantastic. What I'll do is I'll put the, um, I'll put all those links in the show notes and um, look forward to, uh, hey, we're going to have to do this again at some stage. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, mate. Thank you for jumping in and uh, really enjoy this conversation and uh, can't wait to, to round, to round two. There's some this more, so much more fun. topics we've got to get into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You have, a, you have an stuff. awesome day, mate. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Cheers, mate. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.